Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lelonga, Malawi. I'm happy that you've joined us for the Kairos Lelonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpack. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. God will judge the adulterer and all sexual immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Verses 6 of chapter 13. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. And imitate their faith. Jesus is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is nine. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. Not by ceremonial foods which are of no value or to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. Verses 11. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that, conf- that, that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices god is pleased verse 17 the bible reads obey your leaders and submit to their authority they keep watch over you as men who must give an account obey them so that their work will be will be a joy not a burden for that would be of advantage to you verses 18 the bible reads pray for us we are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. May the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ that great shepherd of the sheep equip you with every good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written you only a short later. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. Greet all, all your leaders and all God's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Grace be with you all. Amen. Amen. We've been, we've been on a series. Pastor has been preaching on a series of the book of Hebrews from chapter 1. And, and as we 
today is just a recap or a conclusion of the book of Hebrews as we see in chapter 13. And uh, just a reminder that we, we know who the book of Hebrews was written to. The recipients of the, of the book of Hebrews were primarily the, the Jewish convents. Hallelujah. Who were familiar with the Old Testament and who were about to go back to their old ways of, 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 of belief. They were Jewish. In other words, they wanted to Judaize, to Judaize the gospel. Amen. And the theme of the book of Hebrews, we look at the, the absolute supremacy or the absolute sufficiency of Jesus Christ as the one who has been revealed by God as a mediator between God and man. Amen. So we see from the book of Hebrews, we see the supremacy of Jesus Christ as the one who is over the leading figures of the Old Testament. Amen. The leading figures of Old Testament, we talk about people like, we, we talk about things like the angels. In the Old Testament, we see like, that the Old Testament believers believe that angels are superior than human beings. And Jesus Christ, from, starting from chapter 1, the author of Hebrews is telling us that Jesus Christ is superior than angels. We see that in chapter 1, from verses 3 to, verses, to chapter 2, verses 18. And in verses 3 of chapter 1, the author of Hebrews he says that, of chapter 1, he says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Amen. The sign is powerful. And verses, in, in verses 4 of the same chapter 1, he tells us that Jesus Christ is superior than the angels. And we come to, 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 chapter, to chapter 3 where Jesus Christ now has been spoken of being superior than Moses. Now the author of Hebrews is speaking and he's saying unto, in verses 3 of chapter 3, he says that Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. Amen. Amen. He has been found of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. So Jesus Christ is greater than Moses himself. And we see from chapter 4 up to chapter 7, verses 28, the author of Hebrews is showing us that Jesus Christ is greater than Aaronic priest. Now, these are three main figures of the Old Testament. Even if we can read from the book of Genesis, right to the book of Deuteronomy, we go down to the book of Numbers. These are the people that were reckoned as great in the Old Testament. But Jesus Christ has been found to be the greater above them all. Hallelujah. And let's go to chapter 1. And where, that's where we put, we take our story. That the Bible is telling us in verses 8, the Bible says this. That this Jesus we are talking about, in verses 5, the Bible says, I'll read from verses 3, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his power, the powerful word. After he has provided purification for sins, that Jesus Christ, he sat at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Hallelujah. So he became much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So he is superior to the angels. He has sat to a position of majesty. Now we are talking about majesty here. Not only are we talking about majesty, but let's also see in verses 8 what God is speaking about the son of chapter 1. He says, but about the son, God says this, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and the righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. 
So righteousness is the same of Jesus' kingdom. Here, the Bible, the author of Hebrews is speaking about Jesus Christ. The one who holds all things in his hands. The one who is superior to the angels. Now we see that after he had provided purification for sins, for your and my sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. That's where he is. And this is what the Lord says, that your throne will last forever and ever. Now, this Jesus Christ, we see that he is superior. In other words, he's above all these things. Now, this qualifies him to my understanding that if the Bible talks to him, it talks about him as superior or as him who sits at the right hand of majesty. He is the one who is above all things. Or we can call him, he is the one who is at the throne. He's sitting like a king and he is a king. As the Bible puts it. Amen. He is the king of kings. He is the lord of lords. Now this one who is the king of kings and who is the lord of lords, he is bringing a kingdom. And that kingdom is the one we are partakers of that kingdom. And as we see now from the, 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 the chapter we have read, chapter 13, Actually, starting from chapter 12, because from chapter 12, verses 28, the Bible tells us that, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Amen. Now, God has got a kingdom, and the king of this kingdom is Jesus Christ, who is the king of kings. Now, the members of this kingdom is you and I. And Jesus Christ speaks in Matthew chapter 6, verses 33, and he tells you and me, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There is a kingdom, and you must seek this kingdom, and you and I must seek this kingdom. Now, from verses 13 of chapter, from chapter 13 of, of, of the book of Hebrews, we see a continuation of the chapter 12. There are three therefores we see in chapter 12. The first therefore is that therefore we see in verses 1 say, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great crowd of mighty, a great multitude of witness, let us run with perseverance. Amen. The second therefore that we find in the book of Hebrews is in verses 12 where the Bible says, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Now the third therefore that we find in this chapter is the one we find in verses 28 according to my Bible. Now when the Bible speaks of therefore, there is something that it has been talked about or the Bible has been talking about just immediately. It might be in just immediate verses, or it might be in the whole context of the whole book. Now, I want to take it from the whole context of the book. Now, therefore, because we have found out that Jesus Christ is superior to the angels, therefore, because we have found out that Jesus Christ is superior to Moses, therefore, because we have found out that Jesus Christ is superior to the Aaronic priest, therefore, now, since we are receiving a kingdom, he is a king, he is bringing in a kingdom, and now this kingdom that we are receiving is the one that we are coming unto, as we see in verses 22 of chapter 12, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousand upon thousand of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the, of the joyful of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. To 
through Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Amen. Now here is what is happening. We are coming and he is bringing a kingdom. Now this kingdom that he's bringing, we are to receive it. And now the Bible is saying that the kingdom that he's bringing is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now he is a king and he's bringing a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now you as a citizen of the kingdom, there are requirements or there are things that are required of you to do as you are a member or as you are a citizen of this kingdom. We see in verses 1 that in this kingdom that we are in, there is a need of appreciation in this kingdom. Amen. Amen. There is a need of appreciation in this kingdom because we are seeing in verses, in verses 28, it say, Now let us be thankful, giving thanks unto God. Why? Because as we are doing that, and so worship God acceptably with loveliness and awe. Hallelujah. Let's be thankful, and as we are doing that, we are acceptably worshiping God. The book of Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 18. What does the Bible say? It says, give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of God upon you. Amen. Now here the Bible is telling us that as we give thanks unto God, this is our acceptable way of worship. Romans chapter 12 speaks of the same thing, but it speaks of presenting ourselves as living sacrifices unto God, for this is the acceptable way of worship unto God the Father. Amen. So we must be thankful as we are citizens of this as we are citizens of this kingdom we are to be thankful. We are to be thankful in such a way that we don't have to complain, we don't have to murmur, we don't have to grumble like the Israelites did when they were moving from the land of Egypt unto the promised land because most of them who were complaining never attained or never inherited the promise that the Lord promised them to have and as citizens of this kingdom we are to rely on the strength of God upon our lives each and every hour because we know that our God is a consuming fire we are to fear him in livelessness hour amen amen for the heart of thanksgiving drives us to that place of worship that's why we see that as we come unto God with thanksgiving, we come in, in that attitude whereby we worship God acceptably. It is that heart of thanksgiving that drives us, you and me, to that place where we worship God acceptably. The understanding of such that we are to give thanks in all circumstances unto God will make us to thank God even when things are hard. As we hear the testimonies of our brothers, our brothers here, that there are times and there are moments when things are hard in our lives. And there are things that happen even unto the Hebrew church here that the author of Hebrews is trying to remind them, he's trying to remind them if we read in chapter 11, that they passed through a lot of trials and tribulations in the past they were persecuted they were rejected but they must remember their past activities that they have done for god and in the same way that he's reminding them in these verses that you are to you ought to give thanks unto god because you are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken so the first thing that we are seeing is that in this kingdom that we are in we are drawing into this kingdom and this king who is coming who is jesus christ we are to appreciate of whatever he has done in our lives good or bad things that he has done in our lives but we ought to appreciate him for who he is and what he has done amen amen for we know that he's superior above anything 
He is superior beyond our circumstances. He is superior beyond our knowledge. He is superior beyond the people that we can look on as the great, great people on this earth. Those we can look on as righteous men and women of God. But Jesus Christ has surpassed them all. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says we, we, we have a, such a high priest who can sympathize with us. He was tempted in all ways. He's able to sympathize with us. He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father and he's interceding for you and me. The second thing that we see in this kingdom that we are receiving is the affection in this kingdom. And we can read from verses 1 up to verses 7 where the Bible reads that keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers for by so doing some people have entertained angels without knowing. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if you yourself are, were suffering. In verses 4, the Bible tells us marriage should be honored by all and the marriage be kept pure. So we see affectionate in the kingdom. Hallelujah. We are receiving the kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is the way we must handle ourselves. We must have affection for one another. First and foremost, in verses, in verses 1, we see that we must keep on loving each other as brothers. Amen. That's the first affection that we must have in our midst as brothers. We must love each other. Hallelujah. That's the first affection that must be demonstrated in the kingdom of God. John chapter 13, the Bible says in verses 35, Jesus speaking to his disciples and say, A new commandment I give you, that you must love each other. For by this, the world will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for the other. That's the brother love that is encouraged even in the, in the first chapter of, 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 the, of, of, chapter, of chapter 13 of, of the book of Hebrews. What, to what extent are we to love our brothers? Where can we, can we see? Or where, who, who can portray the love? Who has portrayed the love? Or who has demonstrated the love for us? The brother love that we are talking about. Let's open our Bibles to First John chapter 3 from verses 14 to 20. First John chapter 3. This is 14 to 20. The Bible tells us about this great king of all kings, Jesus Christ. This is 14. The Bible tells me, we know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love our brothers. Amen. The Bible says, anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Verse 16, this is what the Bible says. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possession and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can he love, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us love let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth. And how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts. And we know, and he knows everything. Amen. Amen. I write verse 16. This is how we know what love is. 
Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Now when the Bible is speaking of this brotherly love in this chapter 13 of verses 1 of, of, of the book of Hebrews. It's talking about this love that was demonstrated by Jesus Christ. The one who has been imitated or the one who has been spoken of in the whole book of Hebrews as being superior above all men and above all women. Amen. Amen. That's a face affectionate in the kingdom. It's, a, it's, it's affectionate between brothers, uh, uh, in the midst of brothers. Now, the second one we see is affection, the personal, the affectionate on the strangers. Amen. As the members or as citizens of this kingdom, we are to demonstrate the love for each other. But at the same time, not only those people that we know that are our brothers in the Lord, but those even we do not know. That's why in verses 2 the Bible says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing. Amen. The Bible is speaking about people like, like Abraham, our father of faith. You remember when God was bringing the promise unto Abraham, it was not, it was not with a, a certain great sign that God visited Abraham. He visited Abraham through angels. And if you perceive, if you look at those angels, they were as ordinary as you look. That's why Sarah could, could rough when she heard about, about the promise that, that the Lord promised Abraham that he's going to be giving birth to a son by this time next year. You see, there are people that God will bring in our lives that they might be as, as, as angels, as you might think, maybe as we see on Christmas, that angels will always come like a bird and with those, with those feathers, with those wings, fluttering up, 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 as, as they come closer unto us. You see, there are times and there are moments when God will bring angels unto our lives. Angels simply means messengers of God. Someone who can bring a message from God. Someone who can bring a good tiding from the Father. Someone who can speak into your life. Someone who can, who can it, it might be maybe your familiar friend. It might be someone maybe used to hang around with. But at that day, he may come as the angel of God. Or it may be someone you don't know, but he can come in and he greets you. And he speaks into your life something else that maybe you are passing through. And the Bible is telling us that let's not forget this to entertain strangers. For in so doing, there are people in the past who thought they are entertaining strangers, but they were entertaining angels of God. And if the author of Hebrews is writing unto us, and this is written in the New Testament, I believe that these occurrences are yet to happen and are still happening in this day and age. Amen. So we are to entertain strangers. There is an affectionate we must show and demonstrate in the midst of each other's brothers. But at the same time, we are to demonstrate affectionate or love or passion in the midst of the strangers. If we have strangers in our midst, let's demonstrate the love of God in their lives. The third thing that we see, we must demonstrate our affectionate in the kingdom upon those who are in prisons. That's why the Bible speaks in verses 3. Remember those in prisons as it were, it were their, as, as if you were their fellow prisoners. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So there is an affectionate we must show to those who are afflicted. Remember while the Lord Jesus Christ speaks in Matthew 25 verses 36. Whatsoever you do to the rest of these brothers of mine that you do unto me. 
He says, if, if you visit those in prison, you do that unto me. And he says unto, unto, unto his disciples, he say, on that day, on that great day, many will come unto me and say, Lord, where did we see you being in prison and we did not visit you? Or where did we see you being sick and we did not pay visit of you when you were sick? And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ says, whatsoever you do unto the rest of these brothers of mine, that you do unto me. And this is a reminder unto them in chapter 10, verses 32, 34. The author of Hebrews is reminding them and he's speaking unto them. He say, remember those early days after you have received the light. When you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you are publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. Amen. So it's a reminder. He has spoken and addressed that in chapter 10, but now he's wrapping up. This is an important point he's addressing to them. Because you can agree with many of the times when we can pass through trials we can pass through a lot of tribulations in our lives but there are moments when god has seen us through for us to forget those who are passing through the same moments that we pass through amen even for us to stand in the gap even for us maybe to pray for them even for us maybe to support them sometimes it's easier for us to forget that's why he's reminding them and he's saying remember those who are in prison amen so in this kingdom we have come in this king this kingdom we are receiving we are to show affectionate upon those who are afflicted those who are in prison those who are persecuted those who have been denied privileges in their lives as citizens of this kingdom we are to demonstrate such why because whatever we are doing to such people we are doing unto the lord jesus christ who is superior above everything that we are familiar with amen the last, the, the last affectionate that must be demonstrated in the kingdom of God as we are receiving this kingdom, it's found in verses 4. It's, in, it's, in, it's among us those who are married. And the Bible is saying that marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed be kept pure. For God who judge the adulterer and all sexually immoral. Amen. So there is that kind of affection that must be demonstrated amongst those who are believers who are in this kingdom who have been united by God to be together as one in a family. Amen. Amen. So we see that in this kingdom we are receiving, first and foremost, there is a need of appreciation. Secondly, we see that there is affectionate in this kingdom we are receiving. This king has demonstrated affectionate on us. How? For whilst we are yet seen as he died for us. This king has demonstrated affection on us. That he laid down his life for our sins. As we have seen in First John chapter 3. From verses 14 to verses 20. Specifically in verses 16. That this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Amen. This is hard. And this is done partially in our midst many times. But this is what we are motivated and we are encouraged. The third thing that we are seeing in this kingdom we are, we are receiving is the allegiance in this kingdom. 
We are to pledge allegiance faced unto God. The one who is bringing this kingdom. First we are seeing affectionate in this. Secondly we have seen that this kingdom. There is affectionate in this kingdom. But in as much as there is affectionate in this kingdom. But there is a need of allegiance in this kingdom. We are to pledge our allegiance faced unto God. We see that in verses 5. The Bible says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Why? Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Amen. So we are to demonstrate our allegiance or we are to demonstrate our loyalty unto the one who is bringing this kingdom. Hallelujah. Why? Because he has promised that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now there is an issue here of the love of money. We see the same issue addressed by Paul in First Timothy chapter 6 in verses 10. And he speaks and he says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Amen? Those who have we, 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 Paul speaks like this. He says, there were some of the people who were with them and they've wandered away from the faith. And they have pierced themselves with many grips. Why? Because they have learned for the love of money. And here the Bible is encouraging us to say, we must be content with that which we have. Why? Because of God. Now we must pledge our allegiance in this kingdom unto God. God, this is God the Father who has promised. And secondly, we must pledge our allegiance unto Jesus Christ who is the high priest. Verses 8, we see in verses 8 that the Bible is telling us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He never changes. He's immutable. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now we must pay our loyalty or we must pay our allegiance unto him. As we are in this kingdom, as he is the high priest, the one who is bringing this kingdom, we must bring this allegiance or we must humble ourselves unto him and trust him totally. Proverbs chapter, chapter 5 verse 3 says what? Put your trust in the Lord and lean not in your understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he, you shall succeed. Jeremiah 17 verses 5 it says what? Cursed is the man whose trust is in the arm of the flesh. Verse 7 the Bible says that but blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters and whose tree, the tree whose leaves never go dry. Whose fruits are always there in season and all of season. Now we must pledge our allegiance unto this God who is almighty, who doesn't change. Men are good sometimes, but God is good all the time. Now we must pledge our allegiance unto this Lamb of God. Because John says in John chapter 1 verse 29, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. You and I could not be here apart from this Jesus we are talking about. He has been serving people. He's still serving people. And he will continue to serve people. A lot of whom I trust in him. The one who when I wrong him, I go back to him and I confess. And he's faithful and just to forgive all my unrighteousness. First John chapter 1 verses 8, 19. He is the one who is the Passover lamb. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Before my problems began, he was there in the beginning. Before the end, he shall be there. Before I was born, he was there. And before I die, he shall be there. Why? Because he is the Alpha. He is the Omega. You see, before you came here, he saw you when you entered in the room. And you see off as you go out. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the one who is, who was, and is to come. Revelation chapter 1 verses 8. We are to trust in this God. 
That's why the Bible says God has promised that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew chapter 8, chapter 28, verses 18. What is Jesus Christ speaking? He says, All power and authority has been granted unto me. Therefore I send you, you go unto all the earth. You preach the gospel. You baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And verses 20 says, What? Lo, I am with you unto the ends of the world. He is with me. That's why David could come before God and say, Oh Lord, where can I go to escape from you? Where can I go to free from your presence? For if I go down to the east, there you are with me. If I go down to the grave, oh God, even there you are with me. Oh God, even if I tell darkness to hide me, your darkness is as light before you. What can I do, oh God, for you are familiar with all my ways? You're familiar with all my thoughts. Even before a word comes out of my tongue, oh God, you know it very well. And he says, such knowledge is too deep. It's beyond my understanding. If I try to count it, it's as vast as the sand of the seashore. He says, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. You see, people can forsake us. People can forget us. You see, people like to, to be associated with successful people. You don't know. That's how the world is. If you fail, the world do not want to associate with you. But Jesus Christ says this, even if you fail me, I'll still love you. There is no good you can do for God to love you. There is no bad that I have to do for God to love me less. You see, there is nothing we can bring before God for him to love us more or for him to love us less. He loves us still. What does the Bible say? Paul is telling Timothy, he says that even if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. So we have to trust this God because he is ever faithful. Who is this Jesus we are talking about? Joshua chapter 5 verses 14 tells me that he stepped down when the children of Israel were about to enter that city called Jericho when they were, they were, so, they were so depressed and they, were, they don't know what they ought to do. And Jesus Christ came down and stepped on the scene. Joshua chapter 5 and he says, and when Joshua saw this the angel of the Lord, when the Bible speaks of the angel of the Lord, is Jesus Christ incarnating in his form as the angel of the Lord, but he comes in the form of angel, but he comes right now and he says, and Joshua asks and they say, to whose side are you? And I'm saying, this is what the Lord says, neither am I on your side, neither am I on their side. I want you to be on my side. I have come as the commander of the arm of the Lord. Now this is the God who fights. This is the God who goes before you like a mighty consuming fire. To Romans chapter 9 verses 1, it says, Behold, O Israel, you are about to cross the Red Sea. You are about to cross Jordan today. I go before you like a mighty consuming fire. This is the one we are talking about. The commander of the army of the Lord. Joshua chapter 5 verses 14. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. Revelation chapter 17 verses 14. Revelation chapter 19 verses 16. He is the God, the good shepherd of our souls. We see that in John chapter 10 verses 1. I am a good shepherd. I am a good shepherd. A good shepherd raised down his life for the sake of the sheep. Verses 10 he says what? For the sheep for, for for the thief comes not but to steal to kill and to destroy but i've come that you may have life and have it more abundant verses 11 he speaks like this i am a good shepherd a good shepherd lays down his life for the sake of the sheep no greater love as no man than this but that a man who laid down his life for his friends so i am your friend you do not choose me but i chose you that you may bear for fruits that will last amen so he's the one who says unto you and me he says trust in me i will not leave you i'll not forsake you 
You can forsake me, but I will not forsake you. You can't run away from God, but God will still pursue you. You see, there is nothing in us that qualifies us to come before God. Even for us to stand before God, it's because of this Lamb of God we are talking about. Because the Bible tells me in Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that He became seen on our behalf, that you and I might be the righteousness of God. He, Jesus, became seen on your and my behalf, that you and I, when God looks at you, He looks at a righteous man. Now remember when the author of Hebrews is speaking and he says that since we have this great high priest, let's come boldly unto the presence of the Lord. That's why in chapter 22, in chapter, chapter 12 verses 22 of, 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 of the book of Hebrews, we see that you have come to, a Mount, to, to, to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, not a dead God, but a living God. You have come to a thousand upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. So this God we trust, this king who is bringing a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He said, because I'm bringing a kingdom that cannot be shaken, I want you to trust me. Jesus speaks in Matthew chapter 6, remember. He says, you seek first the kingdom of God. And he said, if, 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 if you are worried and you are troubled over what you are going to eat today, what you are going to wear tomorrow, don't you know that the pagans or the Gentiles are running after these same things? Are you convinced that your heavenly father does not know that you need them? Now he says this, Jesus Christ speaks it. Now, now this is what I want you to do. You seek face the kingdom of God. Not your kingdom. But I want you to seek the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Whose righteousness? Not your righteousness, but the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. What is the righteousness of God? The righteousness of God is the one that we see is, is, is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's found and has been satisfied by only one who is above all, who we are talking about to be superior, who is supreme of all things of the past, who is superior of all the sacrifices that were offered in the Old Testament. The one who says that, oh God, in sacrifices and been offering you do not desire, but a body you prepared for me. For in the volume of the book it is written of me, oh God, to do your will, oh Lord. Hebrews chapter 10. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ speaks. He's the one who satisfied the, the, the will of God. And he's the one who by him all things were created. Uh, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or holidays. All things were created by him and for him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. By this one who says trust in me. You see it's hard sometimes to trust him I know. Because we are used to quick quick. St stuff amen we, we, are, we are impatient most times we want God to do things that we want but this is what the Lord says that I, you trust in me this is what the Lord Jesus Christ has done he has he has delivered you he is the same yesterday today and forever so we ought to give allegiance or to pay allegiance unto the son of God who is the high priest so there is allegiance in the kingdom of God face unto God the father who is immortal? 
who is invisible the only wise god he's the one who says that you must trust me and we are to pay allegiance unto him we are to pledge our allegiance to him that's the first thing unto god secondly in the kingdom of god we are to place our allegiance to those in authority god has set people in authority in his kingdom and we see that in verse 7 of, of the same chapter 13 remember your leaders you must remember them this is your role as a member of the kingdom god has set a leaders in the kingdom and you must remember a leaders which leaders who spoke the word of god to you amen amen remember the leaders who spoke the word of god to you this is another thing consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith imitate their faith remember what paul speaks he says imitate me as i imitate christ now i want us to connect this because in verses 8 it, it's just connected immediately with verse 7 and he says jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever now he say imitate your leaders who have spoken the word of god in your midst and imitate their life and their faith I believe the life and the faith that they are to demonstrate is the life and the faith that is in Jesus Christ. For he is the one they are imitating. Remember in chapter 12 verses 2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finish of your faith. Now as these leaders who are sent by God, they are in our midst. We are to imitate their faith. We are to walk after them. We are to obey them as we see in verses 13. The same authority said by God. Verse 17 where the Bible says this. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. This is the reason why they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them. Why? So that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that will be of an advantage to you. Amen. There is their role. Their role is that they watch over you and me. Our role is to obey them and submit unto them. The benefit that we are going to have from this is that their work will be of joy. Amen. Amen. And that, the Bible is speaking unto us, that also is an advantage unto us. So we see that there is allegiance that must be placed in the kingdom of God. First and foremost, we have seen from, from chapter, chapter 12, verses 28, that there is an appreciation that we ought to offer in this kingdom. The secondly, the least affectionate in the kingdom, faced among his brothers, second unto the strangers, thirdly upon those who are in prison, fourthly upon those who are married. And we are seeing the thirdly, the least allegiance in the kingdom. And allegiance face must be offered or placed unto God the Father, who is, who does not change, who says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Secondly, unto Jesus Christ, who is superior, who the Bible is speaking of from chapter 1. And to here where we come to the point where we're finishing, and we see that he is immutable. He is the one who doesn't change. He is the one who is the Passover lamb of God. He is the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one we must offer our allegiance unto him, or our loyalty must be placed unto him, who is the high priest, the one who is above Moses. Amen. Thirdly, we see that our allegiance must be offered unto those who are in authority set by God. And what we ought to do is that we must consider the way or we must remember our leaders who spoke the word of God to us. 
and consider the outcome of their lives and imitate their faith. As Paul speaks, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And in verse 17, we see that we ought not only to remember our leaders, but also to obey our leaders and submit to their authority. Amen. Amen. We are to obey unto our leaders. We are to submit unto them. You see, there is leadership in every ministry. There is leadership in everywhere where God is doing some things. And the same applies in this place that we have leadership in this church. Amen? Amen? We are to submit to the leadership set by God. We are to submit to our pastor. We are to submit to those whom the pastor has trusted to say, these are the people that I would like to serve with. Amen? Amen? We are to work one hand in hand as, as members of one body, as members of one family. For we know that we are not doing this for our own glory, but we are doing this for the glory of the king who is bringing a kingdom. Amen. So, lastly, the author of Hebrews is writing and is requesting. He's sending a request to the people or to the member of the kingdom and he speaks in verses 18. And he asks them, he says, pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. And the author of Hebrews, though he is not known, but this is what he speaks and he says that I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. This suggests unto us that he was somewhere else and maybe there was something else that was hindering him, but his prayer is that they must pray particularly that they must pray so that he may be restored unto them soon. One thing I like about this author, though he doesn't tell us about his name, but there is one character who stands supreme and he has magnified that character in this book. That's Jesus Christ who is the high priest. And you see, this man is very humble. He is not even writing his name right at the end. And he's still speaking about this man. And in verses 20, he says, and he prays for them and say, May God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant through, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good for doing his will. And may he work in us. What is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. He's exhorting a character. And he's exhorting this king. Whose king? This Jesus Christ. Who is also called the, that great shepherd of the sheep. And his prayer is that the, God may equip us with everything good for doing his will. And that he may work in us what is pleasing to him. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And the, lastly, there is a request that he is requesting them lastly as well. Brothers, I urge you to bear with my work of exhortation. For I have written you only a short later. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. Greet all your leaders and all God's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Grace be with you all. Amen. Amen. What a way to end it later. And he likes unto us and he encourages the, the, the believers in Hebrews. But I believe this is 
a word even unto us today we must acknowledge and realize that jesus christ is that great shepherd of all he is the one who is able to equip us of every good work amen for the bible says that god has granted us everything uh, has, has granted us grace that will equip us in everything pertaining to life and godliness his word is able to equip us and this word paul speaks unto timothy first timothy chapter chapter 3 verse 17 he says that for the word of god is in, for the word for, for all scriptures god breathed and it's able to equip the man of god unto every good work amen so this jesus christ is able to come unto us and even right now it, that must be our prayer that the one who is able the one who is superior above all things the one who has been highly exalted above everything else may be exalted as we sing that first song in this place that you may be glorified you must be lifted up because you are superior above everything above all that i know above all my weaknesses but i know that you are great he starts with exhorting Jesus as the great one above the angels and he finishes with exhorting Jesus as the one who is the great shepherd of all sheep. And you are that sheep, I am that sheep. He has brought a kingdom and we are part of that kingdom. That's why David could stand in Psalm 23 and say, the Lord is my shepherd and that shall not want. He makes me lie down in green postures. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because your Lord and your staff, they comfort me. For thou prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely I know that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will join the house of the Lord forever. That's what David could say. Why? Because he knew this God is a great shepherd of all. And he's the one that we are magnifying and he's the one who is bringing in a kingdom even this afternoon. May we rise to our feet in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.